0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning, church. I hope everyone is doing well today. Welcome to another Sabbath day, and it's another day that we can just come together as a corporate body and to worship the Lord. We thank all of you for being here. We also thank you for joining us online, and we just want you to just feel free and let go of everything that that happened this week and to worship the Lord in truth and in spirit, and that's what we're going to do today. So we're going to pray, and then right after our prayer, we're going to have our Apostles' Creed. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to experience it, but Lord, to experience you as well. Lord, we thank you that we can come and to have a reset for the week. And Lord, that we can think about how are we going to approach this week and how will it be different than last week? And Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds to have you with us and for for you to be there in any challenge we might be facing, Lord. So we thank you. We ask that now we can just worship you to let go of everything and to enjoy your presence. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join me in our Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty the creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
1: the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap amen amen can you just say the Lord's Prayer with me our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day is our daily bread we forgive the debts and we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil Thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen praise God at this time we wanted to um, show you that we love you and we hope that you love us back and we're here and we're excited to worship God and this is a worship experience time where we can give to our church ministry and so we ask that you would just take a moment to just seek the Lord to see what you can do to give back to the Lord for all that he has done for you so that we can continue to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to you, which we love to do because we love our Lord and Savior. So for those that are here with me this morning, we have our box to my left. And for those that are online, you can click the tab below to give to Roxborough Church. Amen. Amen. And so uh, before we have Pastor Ray come up and um, bring the word of God, let's just pray over the offering and over Pastor Ray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and worship, Lord, to come and lift up your holy name. Lord, we ask that you would saturate this atmosphere with your Holy Spirit and your presence. Father, we ask that you would just move by your spirit through Pastor Ray, Lord Jesus, as he come forth and bring the word of god and lord i ask that you will bless the offering that we receive in the name of jesus that you would use it for your glory and give back to your people in christ's name we pray the church say amen
2: God is good and all the time. Let's be reminded of that and be able to declare that today. If you've been following along, you know we're going through this series talking about building a healthy church, and uh, this is week three of a four-part series, but I want to let you in on a um, a little info right now. Um, If you want to conclude this series with us, you're going to need to to follow along with Wissahickon's Saturday night service next week. So next Saturday night, Pastor Charlie is going to bring home the series with the last uh, with the with the last sermon in the in the four-part series. But next Sunday morning, I am going to divert. Uh, what's that word? Divert. I'm going to divert away from this sermon series, and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak specifically next Sunday to talk about how our faith and our and our political alignments tie together. And so next Sunday, I want to invite you to come. Uh, join in this time of worship with us, but know that that's what we're going to be talking about next Sunday morning. And so I pray, I pray for me this week as I prepare that message and I um, pray for what God is doing. But uh, don't miss the, the, the wrap-up of the sermon series, which will take place next Saturday night at 5 o'clock. You can find that on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, just look up Wissahickon and you can follow along. With that said, we'll be in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to give you a chance to get there. Acts chapter 3. I'm going to give you a couple of of announcements while that's happening. Um, On on election day, uh, November 3rd, the sanctuary is going to be open during the entire day with some music on in the background for a time of prayer. And so if you want to be praying over the things that are happening around our nation, this is not a time to gather and discuss This is not a time for us to to poll for any individual. This is just a time for us to be praying for God to continue to work in the midst of all that's going on around our nation. So on November 3rd, for that entire day, the sanctuary will be open for anyone who would like to come and join in a time of prayer. You may be the only person in the space or there may be a couple others. We just ask you to be respectful in that space and just enjoy that time of prayer with the Lord. Also wanna let you know that our Thursday check-ins have officially moved. Our Thursday check-ins have officially moved, and hopefully that means more of you will be able to participate with us, so we're looking forward to seeing you on the screen, on Zoom, on Tuesday nights starting this week. This week on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock, our Thursday check-ins have moved to Tuesdays for the foreseeable future, so join us. You can find a link to that on our churches website rocksborochurch.org you can find a link to that information and you should also look for that as an email coming to you this week as well and i think that oh and then the last thing just as a reminder on november the 8th on november the 8th is wissahickens fall family day and so you're going to want to find out information about that and make sure you join into that one as well on november 8th that's it here we go father god would you bless it as we prepare for your word god i pray that you would just speak today god as we talk about the purpose we talk about power god i pray and i pray lord god that you would just um just embolden your church embolden your church might your bride be beautiful and uh together might we be well spoken in jesus name amen all right here we go acts chapter three it says this starting in verse one one day peter and john were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put there every day to beg for those going to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, "Look at us." So the man gave his gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all of the people saw him walking and praising God, They recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. If you're gonna take notes today, I got three points that I'm gonna try to uh, draw out of these scriptures and some others that we're gonna go along with. And they're simply put this way. The church has a purpose. And the purpose of the church is to create a place of hope and salvation, the church has a purpose. The church has a position. We're in position to serve our community, and the church has power. We operate through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you say, Pastor Ray? I don't remember exactly all that. All you need to remember this: purpose, position, and power. When we think about the purpose of the church, we think about uh, you know, like the the idea of. Of having an understanding, a corporate understanding of why we exist, why the church continues, and uh, if, to, to help us understand that, let's let's uh, look back in Acts chapter two. Hey, Pastor Ricky, Pastor Ricky, I'm a little bit loud here, man. I'm, I'm like hearing myself three times over. Um, Acts chapter two, in verse forty-two, it says this: it "says They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship." and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Teaching and fellowship and breaking bread and prayer. If you're trying to say, well, why does the church exist? Here you go, check this out. The church exists so that together we can learn from the teaching, we can gather in fellowship, we can celebrate communion, and we can pray. Right, The church, the body of believers, this edifice as a place for us to gather exists so that we can come for teaching, so that we can come for fellowship. And by the way, that is one of the things I miss the most. One of the things, that, I mean, we can get teaching online. Many of you have been getting teaching th- through us and through others online. And, uh, and, and we've even found ways to break bread, like to have communion and celebrate. And, and there's plenty of ways for us to pray, you know, both in person and externally out you know, with others. But fellowship is so hard when we're not face-to-face. Fellowship is just so hard when we're not face-to-face. And I know that there's other ways to do it. I know that there's ways to get on a Zoom and and see each other's faces. And I know that there's ways to get on the phone and, and hear each other's voices. But friends, let me just say this as clearly as I can. I wanna be safe. And I wanna be safe for you and for me. But I miss you. And I just miss being together. And there's a certain level of risk that I'm willing to venture into because I desire the sweet fellowship that is found with the body of believers. I hope that you'll join us in that. I hope that even here that, that we continue to get more comfortable, more comfortable with what it takes for us to be safe with each other. More comfortable for what it takes for us to, to stay distant but be in proximity to one another. Fellowship can still happen together, and I look forward to that in even greater ways. If you want to continue to think about the purpose of the church, go with me to Matthew chapter 28. Let's talk about a really familiar passage. These are not going to show up, so you need to follow along or write them down and remember them for later. Matthew 28, starting in the 18th verse, Jesus gives this commission to the disciples. He says, then Jesus came to him and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do what? To obey everything, that I have commanded you and surely I will be with you always even to the very end of the age right Jesus declares part of the purpose for the church is that they would be sent out to go not just to go and just vacation though that's a really cool thing to get to do but to go on mission and that mission being to take the gospel to the ends of the earth to baptize and uh, in the name of the father and the son of the holy spirit and to teach to continue teaching forward every Everything that Jesus has already taught. Acts chapter 1 says this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? So that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Church, what are we charged to do? We're charged to represent the Lord. We're charged to to be able to testify to the goodness of God. In other words, as you walk your daily walk, there should be something innate within you that comes forward that testifies to the goodness of God. There's, There's something that God has done in your life that you get to tell the story about. There's something that he brought you out of that, that you get to declare that I'm no longer who I once was because God has done something in me. The church is meant to be alive, and as we're alive, we are declaring the gospel truth, not just not just the gospel in terms of what it says, but the gospel in terms of how we live that out as well. We're testifying to the goodness of God and that God is at Work. 1 Peter chapter 3. This is what he says about the purpose of the church. He says, church, put it in your hearts. Revere Christ as Lord and do what? Always be prepared to give an answer to the question for the reason that you have hope. 1 Peter 3, hope, 1 Peter 3, 15, right? Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason that you have hope. Why do we exist? To testify to what God has done. The church's job, the church's purpose, the church's mission is to go and declare the good news in every way possible, that that of which God has already done. Now, in order for that to happen, in order for that to happen, we have to be able to say something. Number one, we've got to be able to say that we've experienced the good news. And number two, we've got to be willing to communicate that that good news has changed. Not changed the good news, but changed us, right? We've experienced it. I I literally have encountered the living God, and as a result, I can testify that my life is different. That's what we saw in the, in, the, in the passage we were reading from Acts chapter 3, right? We saw the man begging on the side. And he experiences renewal from God. And as a result, he jumps up. And the way that he immediately begins to live gives testimony that God has done something in his life. Him just walking and running and jumping around gives testimony that something has changed. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't dismiss it. He doesn't say, I'm only going to tell a select group of people about it. He testifies to the goodness of God because the goodness of God has changed his life. James says it this way. In James chapter 1, he says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Church, why do you exist? You exist in part to look after those who God is looking on. To lend your hands and your feet to action that God is already about. We exist We gather together for the purpose of teaching and for fellowship and communion and prayer and to testify to the goodness of God. That's our purpose. That's why we come together. Now, look, there's some some side benefits to coming together, too. Let me just go ahead and lay this out real quick, right? Some side benefits, like being in, in this group, in this gathering, be it personally or virtually, being together uh, reminds me that I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There's a real benefit in that. Matter of fact, one of the greatest ways that the evil one desires to win the day is to convince you that you're alone. So sometimes just seeing people around who love the Lord is enough to get me through another day. It's enough reminder that I'm not alone. That no matter how hard this day is that I'm in or how, how hard the day is that's coming ahead the next day, I know there's someone else walking a similar road with me. I know there's someone else who's carrying their cross. I know I'm not the only one who's bearing that burden, right? And so part of the reminders is that, hey, we're not alone in this. We're not alone in this. Another thing is this. When, uh, when my trajectory isn't so high, I can be encouraged by seeing someone else's whose is. Yeah, you know, I might be thinking to myself, man, like, you know, I'm just not growing the weight at the rate I thought I would, or, you know, I'm not as excited about, you know, Scott's up here playing some song and, and it's not my favorite worship song. so I'm not, I'm not as excited as I thought I would be. And then I look over and I see Pastor Crawford and he's going ham on that song. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It might not be me, but 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 I see someone else who's excited for what God is doing, and that encourages my soul. That, that reminds me that God is for us. That reminds me that God is ministering to all of us, not just to me on my pew, right? Like, so part of coming together is that reminder that there's others on this journey too. And maybe you needed to be reminded of that today. The second thing for this morning is, well, the first thing is purpose. The second thing is our position, is our position you know, as I read through this text of Acts chapter 3, you know, there's a couple key characters in the story, right? You know, and, uh, but, 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 but one of the central figures of the story is the beggar. He's a beggar. And whenever we think about the story, if you thought about this more than once, you, you probably thought about the beggar as the one who was in need. And, and you probably, you know, if you put yourself in the story, you're like, you know, I'm one of the apostles, and, and maybe I'm Peter, I'm the one who, who has the bold voice to declare something. But the more I think about the story the more I think the church is the beggar. Come on, now, hold on for a second. Don't don't dismiss this. Don't dismiss this, because surely the church could be the apostles. The church clearly at some point should, should be the apostles, should be the ones who are declaring the truth of what God has done. But let me tell you a story about the beggar. The beggar is a person who needs an encounter with God in order for their life to change. That sound familiar? The beggar is a person whose days seem long, who the weight seems heavy, who the sense of hope seems fleeting. beggar is a person who's looking and saying, without you, I can't. The beggar, is the person who's who's crying out and saying, I've tried every other avenue? God, you're the only one left. Now, surely the beggar in the story does not identify and say, God, I need you. That becomes apparent to him through uh, through the apostles. But but as I talked about the beggar, doesn't that, doesn't that sound like us? I mean, honestly, haven't you found yourself just saying Without you, God, I can't? Haven't you found yourself just saying, like, I, 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 feel, I feel a sense of hopelessness, absent of God doing something uh, uh, um, uh, miraculous in my life? Haven't you found yourself just saying, just reaching out and saying, Lord, please, please? If you follow the beggar story, by the end of the story, the beggar's jumping and dancing around because he had that encounter, because God had done the miraculous, because life had changed for him. See church, I'm trying to say, I think this should be us. I think this should be us, right? I think we should leave church, we should leave this gathering on Sunday morning and we should have a little more pep in our step, you know what I mean? Like We should be a little bit more excited for what God has done. We should should be reminded a little bit of, of the faithfulness of God amidst our, well, a little bit less than faithfulness at times. And as we run from here, no matter how fast our clip is, as we run from here, we've got a story to tell. We've got a testimony to testify to. We've got a God who has done something miraculous in our life. I mean, look, no matter what you're experiencing right now, the fact that you're sitting here and you're able to listen and you can identify Jesus as Lord, you've got a story within you. You've got a testimony to tell. But who do you tell that testimony to? You see, I think that the church is positioned to serve our community. I, I, I see this relationship both ways, right? Like the, the, beggar, the beggar was reaching out and saying, somebody help me. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. As a matter of fact, I, I mean, I've told this story before, but let me, let me tell it again to help us understand it. Uh, my, I've got a good friend who wanted to learn a second language, and so he, he left our country and headed down to South America. And when he got down there, he had a, a, a foster family who was going to take him in for a little while. And they said, we'll teach you a new word every day you, to, until you become fluent in our language or a new phrase every day. And so day by day, they taught him a new phrase, and he went into the center of town, and he stood at the center courtyard, and he just uttered the phrase that he knew, and he waited. And somebody listened, and he uttered the phrase that he knew, and he waited, and somebody listened, and he uttered the phrase that he knew, and somebody listened. And by the end of about 45 days, he had become really fluent in another language. Because day by day, he just was able to testify to a little bit more that had changed in his life, and a little bit more that had changed in his life, and a little bit more that had changed in his life. I'm trying to say this to you and to me. Hey, we were lost, but we have now been found, and we've got a testimony within us that we can go into our community and say, hey, I I can tell you what God has done in my life. I'm not exactly sure what he wants to do in your life right now, but I can tell you what he's done in my life, and that is a way in which we serve our neighbors, but watch this. We're also the apostles in this story. We're also the ones who have already been gifted with the good news of the truth, and so if somebody is reaching out saying, would you help? Would you be a part of my story? Would would you expose me to, to what God is doing? We actually have the good news to do that with. We actually have what it takes to speak forward and say yes. This is who God is. And yes, this is what God wants. And yes, this is a declaration of the truth. And yes, I can come alongside of you. And yes, I maybe I can help you. And yes, I can be a part of your testimony going on from here. Silver and gold I might not have, but what I do have, I give to you. The lame can walk. The deaf can hear. The blind can see. The dead can be raised. Friends, we're in a position to serve our neighbors. Probably the most obvious answer to this or most obvious example to this took place during this uh, entire pandemic. And our church immediately was mobilized uh, through the efforts of, our, uh, of Amy, who is the minister of, our, uh, of mercy for us here at the church. And she mobilized an entire team of people to begin to meet practical needs for our neighbors. And as she did that, she not only deployed us into the community to serve, deliver meals, uh, package meals, hand out food, but she also sent with it the good news of the gospel. She also personally and then invited the rest of the pastoral staff to write notes and letters and, 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 and devotions and, and to send them out both to, to uh, everyone who was volunteering and serving and to every one of the families that we would serve food to through, throughout the entire pandemic, still continuing to this day. What we didn't have was, we did not have a lot, but everything we had, we gave. And in the name of Jesus Christ, may those needs be met. How is it that you're positioned to serve your neighbors? Friends, let's stop thinking about it as the church and the people on the block next to the church. Let's talk about your house. How is it right now that you're positioned to serve your neighbors? You live at 560 Gate Street. How is it that you're positioned to serve those who live next to you? You live in Germantown, how is it your position to serve those who live next to you? You live in Lafayette Hill, how is it your position to serve those who live next to you? You live in Norristown. how is it your position to serve those who live next to you? You live over in Overbrook, how is it your position to serve those who are next to you? Who do I miss? You live you live on Henry. How is it your position to serve those who live next to you? Cuz I believe that the purpose of the church is to testify, and God has positioned us to testify by serving our neighbors. Last this morning, I want to really drive home on this. We can't live into our purpose, and we can't celebrate our position if we're trying to do it in our own power. We have to do it by the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit as we look back in the story in acts chapter 3 we see the apostles who do not reach into their pockets and get their own dollars out in that moment maybe they had some maybe they didn't but they lean first into the power of jesus christ through the presence of the holy spirit friends oftentimes i try to muscle things on my own matter of fact you you can't tell maybe you can't tell this right now but my left shoulder is aching in pain and it's because just the other night when I was uh, playing with the kids in, in, the, in the house, uh, we, we, we created this new game that seemed really fun. My kids would one at a time climb up steps, and then they would jump. And they would just kind of, uh, And just before they landed on the ground in a way that would hurt their bodies, I swooped in and grabbed them. It was really easy with tommy he's five it was it was pretty easy it was probably easiest with cadence because she's seven and petite but my older boys decided they wanted to play too you know and 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 i needed to be heroic i needed to be herculean i needed to make sure they knew that i was still the big strong dad and so i said yes and i'm paying for it two days later um when you try to operate in your own power when you try to lean into your own strength what you find are the limitations that are there very quickly. I can't play that game today. My left arm doesn't want to come up as high as it normally does. Now, it's going to come back, I believe, through time and healing that only comes from God and sleep. I believe it's going to come back. But if I, if I understood a little bit clearer, I might have just stopped with my daughter, just, just those two. Like my own power could maybe, maybe get me that far. Friends, how many times have you tried to lean into a situation, and in leaning into the situation, you forgot to lean first upon Jesus? You just muscled on your own. Let me invite you and give you some explanation of what that looks like. If you turned with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this is a little bit of an explanation of what it looks like to lean first on the Holy Spirit. Paul says to the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in the 10th verse, he says, These are the things that God has revealed to us through whom? Through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit te- searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human words, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that, that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we now have the mind of Christ." Paul says to the church that we now have the authority that comes from God through the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. And that authority brings with it the mind, the wisdom of God. And through that wisdom, we can discern. Through that wisdom, we can serve. Through that wisdom, we can act. Friends, I guess what I'm trying to say to us is this. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit that we take our first and our next and our last steps forward. Let's not lean on our own ability, but let's surrender or yield our abilities to God to say, God, what is it you want from me? What is it you'd have for me to do so that my steps are lined up with you so that the the lifting that I'm going to do is done? in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we see the apostles do in the story. Surely, they bring healing, but they don't bring it in their own ability. It's through the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Friends, the Holy Spirit and his power bring us access to God. Ephesians chapter two says that, that we have access to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what is it we got, what is it we're called to do? We're called to know our purpose. We're called to recognize the Lord. Just as one body, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all the many parts from one, form only one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, both Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free. We were all given one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. Now, if your foot were to say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for some reason stop being, being part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I'm not an eye, I do not, belong part, do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is there are many parts and only one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lack it so that there should be no division. Let me say that again. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part of the body suffers, every part of the body suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part of the body rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Know your purpose, know your position, and find your power through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, would you unite the church? Would you draw and knit us together that we would be a people who know our purpose, To testify the good news, to be proclaimers of what God has done. We know our position. We know where we're at. We know where we've come from. And God, we would lean upon you for our power. What you're asking us to do, God, we could never do on our own. But through you, we can parade through the streets speaking the good news, bringing dead to life, bringing healing to the hurting, bringing hope to those who are in a season of hopelessness. God, alive in your church, let her know her purpose, her position, and her power. God, if there's anybody out there today who doesn't yet know that they're part of the church, They know they attend church or they know they watch church online or they know that they've heard a sermon or two, but they've never actually found themselves saying, God, I want to be part of the church. I want to be yours. And, God, I pray right now that you would just do a miraculous work in someone's life. I pray right now, Lord God, that that person right now would say, God, I need you. That they'd be the beggar at the gate. God, I need you. And Lord, might I be the voice of the apostle. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, be found. Come home. Be saved. If you would place your faith in Jesus Christ, then the rest of your days would be marked with purpose in a new position and found in the power of God of the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting here today, if you're out there today and that's a desire of your heart, would you just simply pray, God I need you. God I accept you to be the Lord of my life. God forgive all the ways that I've gone wrong. And allow all the days going forward to have purpose, position, and power. In Jesus name. Amen. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I don't know about you, but I just think God is stirring something up within us. I'm so excited for what God is doing in the church. In the midst of a pandemic and everything being shut down around us, even as things begin to reemerge, I know the church is going to thrive because I see the good news of the gospel in each one of you. Friends, I want to ask you this question before we go. Which area of these areas are you like the beggar and saying, God, I just need you. I need help here. Do you need to experience the teaching that comes from God? Are you in a spot in life right now where you're just saying, Lord, I just need more instruction. I just need to know. There's, there's things that are darkness in my life that I, that I just need light shining on. Are you just in a spot in life where you just need true fellowship? Where you're saying, God, I, I need to be surrounded by people who can, who can walk with me as i mature and, and, and can help me to be a part of knowing that I'm, something, uh, I'm a part of something larger. Do you need that sweet moment with God, that communion, that time of just saying, God, I'm in your presence and there's nothing else that matters? Or are you in a season right now where you could really use somebody praying with you And praying for you. If one of those areas really resonates with you, they all speak to the purpose of the church. So whichever one of those areas it is, I want to encourage you. Lean into the purpose of the church. Come and be a part. Gather together. Wherever you're at right now watching, put it down and join us in one hour on the front lawn at 11 o'clock. If you're here now and those areas speak to you, stay. Stay, we're gonna do it again at 11 o'clock. Let's encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. I cannot wait to be with you for all of those reasons and many more. But from now until then, may the peace of Christ be with you and may you abide in his presence. In Jesus' name, go in peace.
0: Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast, We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at RoxboroughChurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.